We are live, and um, you see, um, oh, great, great job by Brother Patrick. I did not change the title in there. It was my bad. Uh, yeah, last week it was all set, and then it didn't work, and then, of course, I would miss the title page. So let me correct that, okay? Number 19, number 19, we're going to be in Mark chapter 5, verse 21, okay? And we're going to go to the end of the chapter. So Mark 5, 21, and the title of today's message is Double Miracles, all right, and I want to ask Miss Rhonda to play a to play a video for me. Y'all knew that one. All right, there you go. All right, I sang some of it in the back, and Sally was like, "Oh, pretty good." Double pleasures waiting for you. All right, um, see, it's not as good this time. But anyway, uh, yes, um, two's better than one, right? I mean, you know, like uh, double stuff Oreos. Come on, right, right, Anson? Double stuff Oreos. Yes, um, double. I, I don't want one one uh, dip. I want two, right? Uh, an ice cream. Okay, um, uh, or, you know, UF basketball, back-to-back championship. Sorry, I had to say that. Amen. All right, or uh, um, two pork chops uh, rather than one, right, Wesley? Okay, um, but two, double miracles. Um, so, yeah, two's better than one. I thought that was a fun, uh, a fun um, commercial. Um, some of y'all uh, younger ones are like, that was really a commercial? <laughs> yes, all the time, all the time. Um, and, and so let's review a little bit, and... I want to leave that, leave that up there, uh, so our central statement for today. It's just about two miracles, double miracles a day. And, and uh, so in the last portion, so the last couple of weeks, we've seen Jesus demonstrate his power over nature, right? And he calmed, he calmed the sea, right? He, he uh, delivered demons, casted, casted demons out of a man uh, who had so many of them that they called him legion, Okay. Um, and, and uh, you know, they went to the pigs and all that. We talked about that last week. Uh, and last week we looked at the idea of begging because there was, there was three groups of people who begged Jesus last week. You know, you, you, had, you had the, um, the, the legion begged, begged them to, you know, to send the, the, the uh, demons out uh, into the pigs. Um, and then you had the people there in the area begging Jesus to leave. And, and, and then you had the healed man Right, begging to stay with Jesus. And so you had the begging there, and then you, we have one more today. We're going to see Jairus. Now, some of you are like, didn't we talk about Jairus a couple weeks ago on Father's Day? Yes, we did. Okay, so uh, I said it might be shorter today. Sally, Sally was like, I think that's a good idea. I don't know whether she was implying anything. I'm just playing, babe. Uh, might be good. Shorten it down a little bit there, brother. Um, but today we'll see Jesus demonstrate his power over sickness and death. Um, today in the in the two miracles we see Jesus healing a woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years 12 years okay um, after he touched his robe and then we he, we see him resurrect a 12 year old girl after touching her hand which is again kind of neat the numbers there in the Bible sometimes same passage 12 years for both you know it's just interesting sometimes so uh, if you'll turn if you'll turn with me or also be on the screen Mark chapter 5, starting in verse 21, okay? We'll read the first couple of verses, kind of a little bit of an intro, and then we'll get into it. 
Okay. Um, when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, going back and forth here, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the sea. One of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly. My little daughter, he begged him, my little daughter is dying. Come and lay your hands on her so that she can get well and live. So Jesus went with him, and a large crowd was following and pressing against him. So the purpose of this section here, uh, you know, because we're going to look at the, the, the miracles in the next two, okay? But this is a brief section I wanted to, to, to provide here to ask you the question, how strong is your faith? How strong is your faith? Because when we read, you know, we read the, the scriptures, sometimes we have a tendency to just say, oh, this, this, their stuff. It's a, well, we, what, what, how does it speak to you? Okay, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? And so uh, the question is, how strong is your faith? Because we're going to look at the faith of some people today. Right? But again, how strong is yours? Because I, I remember my last game I, I, I coached, uh, and I told you a little bit about it, that we, we lost to Chipley. They had a really good player. He plays in the NBA now. Um, and no one gave us a shot. No one. And I even said that in a press conference. I was like, he said, what were you doing? You are hitting the floor, you and your assistant coach. Why were you hitting the floor? And I'm like, well, we kept reminding our guys that we're supposed to be here, okay, because no one gave us a shot, okay, and we thought we were better than them. And we had, we had, we had faith. Our, our, our faith was strong. Now, Jairus, again, uh, I don't know who all was here and who wasn't here, okay, so I'm just going to preach, amen. So, um, but Jairus was a synagogue leader. It's kind of like, like me, kind of like, like a local pastor. Okay, he would take care of the things in uh, in his area there at synagogue, um, and, and handle those type things. And um, he, he was he would have been a pretty influential man, fairly important. Okay, as a leader, all right. And it would not have he would not have been looked on very kindly by other synagogue leaders because he went to Jesus. That had been like, wait, wait, you went to Jesus, man? What's wrong with you, man? You know better than that. And so, uh, but you look at this and. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, but sometimes, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. And he's like, I'm going to go to Jesus. I've, I've heard what he can do. I, I believe he can, he can heal my daughter. So I'm going to go to him. He's broken. Uh, in the King James Version, it says, I love this. And I love the, the uh, I don't know, or the poetry sometimes of the, of the King James Version. And the words there in the King James says, his daughter, quote, lieth at the point of death. Lieth at the point of death. And, and we talked that day about, are we, are, are you, have you, have you been there? Can, can you relate? You've been, you ever lied at the point of death? Right. Some of you have shared our testimonies, and, and we know that's a, that was the truth. And maybe it wasn't physically, but maybe spiritually, you, you, were, you lied at the point of death. Right. You had no one else to go to. You tried everything. Right. See, Jairus was very sincere as he fell at the feet of Jesus seeking his help. Now, um, this, this also, uh, again, it was a tough time, tough probably for him because uh, to come to Jesus publicly to ask for help. Um, and, and Sally pointed, out, pointed this out this morning, and I also read this from David Gusick, so I thought it was really cool. Uh, Sally said this this morning. Uh, but have you all ever heard the expression, there's levels to this? You ever heard that expression, there's levels? Okay. Um, you know, uh, it's like I can play golf not very well, but Anson can play a whole lot better type, right? Anson, he's shaking his head, but I don't believe you, brother. Uh, uh, but anyway, as David Gusick, he pointed out this, and Sally mentioned it too. See, Jairus had faith in Jesus' ability to heal, but uh, to heal his daughter, but he also thought that Jesus had to be there for it to happen. All right. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, to say, I'll get, let me, you know what, I'll get there in a minute. But, he, he believed that Jesus had to be there 
All right? He says, come and lay hands on her so that she can get well and live. Well, then you're going to see this lady with the hemorrhage, and she just believes, well, I can just touch him. All right? If I can just touch him. That's all. I mean, I can just touch him. He don't even have to even know I touch him. I'm going to touch him, and I can be healed. And then we look at Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 13. I'm going to reference that if you want to look at it. It's not going to be on the screen. But Matthew chapter 8, starting in verse 5, you'll see the Roman centurion. Y'all remember what he said? Just, just what? Just say the words, man. Just say the words. Now, I got people underneath me. I tell them what to do. They go, they go. You come back, you come back, whatever. And so, I, hey, just say the words, and my servant will be healed. And he was. And so there's levels to this. And, and I, I know I've read commentaries about, about that and that, G, that Jairus put Jesus in a box somewhat. You know, and, but can we blame him? I mean, do we do the same thing? See, that, that, that'll preach. And Sal and I talked about it. We, do we put God in a box sometimes? Do we really believe that he can do what he says he can do? How strong is your faith, my faith? See, it's hard to believe the unexpected and the unbelievable whenever we haven't seen it yet. You know, it might have healed that person, but I don't know about, I don't know about my, you know, my parent, my, whatever, somebody in my life, right? And I'll still preach because Jesus, again, shatters our preconceived notions about the way things work in the world. Amen? I mean, you remember last week when Jesus showed up? He showed out. All right? I said we said that could have been the title of last week. When Jesus showed up, he changes things. Change happens. And that's to our benefit. Amen? Everybody, I'm sure you can say amen. Oh, yeah, I'm, glad, I'm sure I'm glad Christ changed me. Okay? Be like the Incredible Hulk. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. You know, you wouldn't like me when I was unsaved. Not very much at all. It's just interesting to note, again, about that Roman centurion simply saying, say the words. And so I, I, I put that in there today to give you an idea to, I mean, to let you kind of process the idea of your faith. All right, look briefly at theirs, but we'll look more at, more at it in a few moments, okay, very soon. But how strong is your faith as we move forward, okay? So now... Again, you can see this um, the central statement. Now let's go to verses 25 through 34. Now, um, remember, again, and, and we, we mentioned this in the last sermon we talked about at Father's Day, that who, came, who, who approached Jesus first? Jairus, right? So Jairus approaches, hey, my, my, my daughter needs healing. She, she laughed at the you know, death there, and then this happens. Right? This great interruption, so to speak, for him. He's like, in the meantime, he's got a daughter and he's healing. And this happens. So let's read it. Now, a woman suffering from bleeding for 12 years had endured much under many doctors. She had spent everything she had and was not helped at all. On the contrary, listen, she became worse. Having heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his clothing. For she said, and Matthew's going to say he touched just the, the edge of it, uh, you know, uh, the end of it. It says, For she said, If I just touch his clothes, I'll be made well. Instantly her flow of blood ceased, and she sensed from her body that she was healed of her affliction. And she had energy. Immediately Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? We'll get to that in a moment. Okay? His disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing against you, and yet you say, Who touched me? But he was looking around to see who had done this. The woman, with fear and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has saved you. Go in peace and be healed from your affliction. Well, as Miss Donna's not here today, I'd like to refer to her as a reading teacher in the, in the class, an English teacher, teacher in the class of people today. Um, you know, I, I like to get in, put yourself in the story. Okay? Put yourself there. How strong is your faith? 
Again, how strong is your faith? See, here's the deal. This woman was desperate. Desperate. Let's really look at her situation today. Give me a few moments so we get into some of the details. She had lived with this condition for how long? 12 years. Not, not 12 months. Right? Not, not two years. 12 years. Her, her condition made her, it's what you have to under, understand during this time as you look at some of this background, that this condition made her ceremonially unclean and it made her socially unclean. Like, this meant that she wasn't even allowed to take part in any aspect of Israel's worship. Kind of put it to this, she, come, she couldn't come to church, couldn't come to Sunday school, couldn't come to, a, to a, the woman's fellowship or whatever, the, the quarterly thing, all right? She couldn't come to that. And she, she, she couldn't do any of those things for 12 years. Socially unclean, so this meant she couldn't hang out with friends. Right? She couldn't go uh, to Red Owl and get a cup of coffee, all right? Or Starbucks or whatever. Okay? She, she couldn't go uh, grab a, uh, some pizza uh, with, with, uh, with anybody. If she had a you know, husband, couldn't see him. Uh, it, socially, socially unclean. Ceremonially unclean. And, but, but that's not all. That's not all. That will be enough, right? Let's look in Leviticus 15. I'm not going to read it, okay? But if you want to skim it, go, go ahead. Okay, um, but I'm going to I'm going to touch on certain things in Leviticus 15, 25 to 27. Right? Look at what it, it says here. Um, when a woman has a discharge of her blood for many days, all right, skipping a little bit, she will be unclean all the days. All right, verse 26. Any bed she lies on during the days of her discharge, all right, uh, any furniture will be unclean. Verse 27. Everyone who touches them will be unclean. All right, um, etc. You get, without going in great detail, you, you see it, okay? It's, it's pretty bad, okay? So the result of this would have been what? Embarrassment, right? Isolation, religious stigma. She, she would have been fatigued because of the lack of blood, right? Y'all know, and I'm sure my, the doctor in the house, my, my uh, brother-in-law here, Wesley, can tell you, you know, you have that, you know, you need iron and things like that. I mean, you just don't have any energy. It's like Mr. Jim was telling me about it. He couldn't even go outside and he was sick and go outside and water the flowers and he'd, he'd be tired, right? So just not having that blood, all right, that life's in the blood, right, that energy, all right, man, 12 years? Like, I don't even like feeling that way. Man, when I was sick a couple, you know, a couple weeks ago with that stomach thing, I had no energy all day. Man, I couldn't stand that. That was one day. That wasn't even 12 hours. Like, 12 Years, yes, and you're right. Definitely, Brother Patrick was his uh, with his hyperactivity. I know what you're trying to uh, trying to laugh at there, Mr. Lord. So, this woman, y'all, in all seriousness, she's fatigued because of lack of blood. She is tired. She she is literally spent. Remember that old expression, spent? Oh, I'm spent, man. I don't have any energy. Well, she had spent all her money. And she'd seen many doctors, sorry, sorry, uh, Wesley, all right, and none of them helped. None of them helped. But let's look at, let me give you a little background on some of the things that, these, that, that some of these uh, rabbis would say you should do back then. Now, this is just, I'm sure there could be more, okay? But let me just give you just a little bit of what, of, of what you're supposed to do. If uh, This was their ideas um, about helping a woman who had such an issue. Listen, listen to this, okay? First thing, take some gum from trees, rub it together, all right, put it in wine. All right, so give it to the woman. Drink it. All right, did that work? A couple days later, did that work, ma'am? 
Oh, it didn't? Okay, step two. All right, take nine Persian onions. Okay, boil them in wine. Wine, man, I guess. Like, okay. and, and give it to the woman. And then say, arise from thy flux. From, and it, did that work? Okay. All right, so you tried that. So they then tried all this stuff, gum and trees and onions and wine and all this stuff. And then the third thing, this is the crazy one. Put the woman where two ways meet and, and let her hold a cup of wine uh, and let somebody come up behind her and scare her and say, arise from thy flux. Yes, this is true. This is like the old, like, my girls will love that. Come in and scare you from behind. All right? So, in all seriousness, all right, you have the gum rubbing, the tree, you know, from the trees and, and the wine, and you have the onions, and, you know, and, and so now she's got stank breath and, you know, a bunch of wine in her, and, you know, she got scared half to death, so she probably had a heart attack, right? All right? Now, in all seriousness, as I, I like to, you know, joke sometimes, we poke, we poke fun. But can we, can we be honest for a second and say that we've done similar things? See, we, we've tried similar things to, to remedy our situation. We, we might not mix stuff in wine and get scared from behind, but we have ways to self-medicate, don't we? All right? I mean, alcohol, drugs, leisure. And I'm not saying leisure is bad, I, I, but, you know, because mental health is important, but trusting in any of those things is, all right? Anything can become an idol. So I like the way David Gusick said it. It says that when a soul is sick today, people often go to different doctors. Now you'll hear it's a little bit repetitive, but I want you to hear it. It says, and spent a lot of time and money for nothing. Doctors like doctor entertainment, but find no cure. Or pay a visit to doctor success. Didn't work. Or, or pay a visit to doctor pleasure. Doctor self-help. Doctor religion. It's just going to make the condition worse. All right? Only Dr. Jesus can help. Amen. See, the, the lady, this lady, as Tony Evans points out, she had a severe medical problem, financial problem, and religious problem. But perhaps she knew of Psalm 50, verse 15. Call on me in a day of trouble. I will rescue you, and you will honor me. Call on me in the day of trouble. Oh, don't, don't, don't call on that and this and call on me in the day of trouble. I will rescue you, and you will honor me. See, this, this touching of Christ, of Jesus in this crowd, was an awesome act of courage. How, how strong is your faith? See, she's taking a risk here. She's spent everything. She's done. She don't have any, no money left. and It made the situation worse. And not only did it help, it made it worse, it said. I didn't make it up. It says it in the Word. That made it worse. See? This touching of Christ, again, was an act, awesome act of courage. She, she was taking a risk here. She can make everyone she touched ceremony unclean, right? See, don't forget that. We're a crowd of people. I mean, we, we were trying to go to the concert, the Toby Mac concert, last Saturday. And I'm trying to get to the you know, pavilion. And I'm like, man, let's go. And there's just all these people. And we're barely moving, you know. Right? I probably brushed up against somebody, right, accidentally. She, she, if she touched somebody, she's going to make them unclean. At this point, she didn't care about that. See, when you're desperate, I mean, she's taking a risk. And while, you know, another part of this, some have argued that, that, that you know, she may have, have been somewhat superstitious in her approach because uh, D.A. Carson says she apparently shared a belief that was common in her day that the power of a person was transmitted to his clothing. But, you know, I'll I put this this morning. It, it didn't matter. Like, see, 
some can argue that her faith was a little fragile, was tainted a little bit with superstition or, I don't know, misguided or whatever word you want to use, but she still came to Jesus. She still came to Jesus. See, she ultimately knew who to go to. She didn't get everything right, but see, that'll preach because we don't have to, people think all the time, I have to get everything in my life right before I come to Christ. No, no, come to Christ first. You know, it's, I said it many times about you know, Brad, my nephew, and catching a fish out in the water. But other than that, most of the times, like, we get to clean the fish first. I mean, catch it first, not clean it. Or, yeah, catch it first and then clean it. But we think, oh, i got to get my life right. Man, I just start, start going to Sunday school, start going to church. Yeah, <laughs> just come to Jesus as you are. Amen. What's the song saying? Just as I am, without one plea. Right? And I love the part, and I alluded to it earlier, I said it briefly, some of y'all may have caught it, but I said in Matthew points out that she just touched the end of his robe. A little faith is more than, is more than anything the world can offer. See, a little of Jesus is a whole lot more than anything the world can offer. Y'all hear me? I just want to touch the end of it, man. Maybe that'll, maybe that'll do me. And here's the deal, the touching of Jesus did not make Jesus unclean, did it? Oh, quite the contrary. It made her clean. See, verse 29 tells us that her bleeding stopped and her strength returned. She sensed she was healed. And it, it, it may have seemed odd to, to look at that part in verse 30 where, where Jesus asked, right? He's God. He's all-knowing. All right, so why did he ask? Y'all remember the pigs last week? And we kind of poke fun a little bit, you know. I'm hoping I didn't offend anybody, but, you know, people say, oh, I get so offended about the pigs. You know, that wasn't the point. The point was to show everybody that those, the demons that were used to being that man were now in the pigs. It, it's no longer in him. He is healed. See, that's, that's what happens here. See, he, he knew exactly who did it. This was for her benefit. It, he wanted her to know that she was healed, and her faith was the instrument that set her free, faith from freedom. And it showed others around her that she was healed. And that included Jairus. Don't forget about him. Let's not forget about him. See, I, I love this. I, I, I want to share it with you here. Uh, Gusick said, we can imagine, this is kind of a side road sermon. Y'all know I do that from time to time. Uh, maybe I shouldn't as much for the sake of time. But um, we can imagine someone, he says, who because of the press of the crowd, bumped up against Jesus. Just kind of go with me. Go with him for a moment here. It says, when the woman's miracle was revealed, they might say something like, I bumped into Jesus, I touched him, yet I was not healed. But there's a huge difference between bumping into Jesus here and there and reaching out to touch him in faith. Well, that'll preach. I just had to share that because that'll preach. So you, you can come to church week after week and bump into Jesus. You can listen to Christian music and bump into Jesus. You can go out to eat with your friend that you know are Christian and you're bumping into Jesus. But this isn't the same as reaching out to touch him in faith. Have you made that decision today? How strong is your faith? Verse 34, and we're, we're almost done with her part here. Verse 34, I love the, y'all know, uh, you know, I love the details. Right? And according to my research, this is the only mention of Jesus calling someone a daughter in the Gospels. Let that sink in for a second. This socially outcast, ceremonially outcast, spent all her money woman is the only one that Jesus called daughter. Oh, how he loves you and me. 
Now this outcast woman was a part of the family of God. Again, this lady has spent everything she had. She's at the end of her rope, and she's completely restored, physically, socially, and spiritually. She's now part of the family of God. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. She's free. Seeing two miracles for our passage today, we have a woman healed from a hybrid for 12 years, and then he resurrected a 12-year-old girl. Let's go back to that. And yes, we talked about it a few weeks ago, so this will be shorter, all right? I promise, okay? All right? Uh, we got, I have seven minutes. All right, can't promise that. But anyway, all right, Mark chapter 5, verse 35. While he was still speaking, people came from the synagogue leader's house and said, your daughter is dead. Why bother to teach her anymore? So again, Jairus. And this, this is wonderful. This is a wonderful thing, that her, the faith that, that the lady had, and now she's free. What about Jairus? He came to him first. And all this happened. And now during that time, he said, your, your daughter's dead. When Jesus overheard what was said, I love this part, simple, but I love it. He told the synagogue leader simply, don't be afraid, only believe. He did not let anyone accompany him except Peter, James, and John, James' brother. They came to the leader's house. He saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly, which was professional uh, mourners they would have back then. He went in and said to them, why are you making a commotion and weeping? This child is not dead but asleep. They laughed at him. And he put him out, outside. He took the child's father, mother, and those who were with him, entered the place where the child was. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kum, which is translated little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl got up, began to walk. She was 12 years old. At this they were utterly astounded. Then he gave them strict orders that no one should know about this and told them to give her something to eat. And we talked about how you know the, he had the father providing for her again. All right. So remember that, Mr. Loris. I used alliteration that week, so not this week. So give me a pass today. All right, I'm good today. I get a break. All right. So time has lapsed and Jairus finds out that his daughter is dead. Again, put yourself in, in his shoes. And how strong is your faith? And put yourself in his shoes. Could he have been a little angry maybe? aggravated, man, Jesus, if you would just come before this woman touched you, maybe she'd be, she'd be all right. See, he had seen, but, but again, and Sally mentioned again this morning, he had seen Jesus heal the woman. He's seen it. So while, he, all, while all that happened, he saw evidence that Jesus healed somebody. Well, he did that for her. Maybe he'd do that for us. And what does Jesus tell the man after overhearing what was said about his daughter being dead? Verse 36, when Jesus overheard what was said, he told the synagogue leader, don't be afraid, only believe. Don't fear, have faith. Have faith. Sometimes it's dark as dawn, right? Sometimes it's hard for us to do this. We, we're afraid, we're waiting so long and it seems helpless, but God, but God. So Jesus takes his inner circle, rides at Jairus' house. There's another crowd. He went from one crowd to another one, right? But this crowd was weeping and wailing. There were professional mourners back then who would be you know, hired by, by the family to cry, to show a display of emotion. And I love this. I, I, I don't know, honestly, if I got I don't have the credit, so I don't know. But I, I, there's a few things about the crowd that I thought was great. And this is what does start with the letter N. So there you go. All right. Noisy know-it-alls and no faith. Whew. Uh, if that don't preach. See, what did Jesus do with the noisy know-it-alls who had no faith? Put them outside the house. 
See, it's right where they belong, right? If they don't have faith anyway, that's where they belong, right? See, Jesus takes a child by the hand and says, little girl, I say to you, get up. Get up. We're going to talk about that in a moment. The Greek word, I love this. Constable notes that the Greek word translated astounded is from the word existemi. Literally means they were out of their minds with great amazement. See, I love the translation. I think the translators do a great job, but well, that would have been really cool to see that. Okay, if, it, if it read that way, and they were out of their minds with great amazement. I'd have been like, what? They're going, they're going crazy. What about us? Are we, are we regularly amazed at the awesomeness of God? Are we, are we regularly out of our minds right? because of the awesomeness of God? See, that preaches to me. As we go, as we conclude here, I have to give credit to David Gusick. This is not from me, but I love his, he parallels the two stories. And he does a really good job on it. So as we close here, I want to, I want to note that. He says that, yes, the, the work of Jesus is different, yet the same. If Jesus can touch each need so personally, he can touch our needs the same way, he says. But listen, first thing, it's about three, four, five, five or six things. He said Jairus had 12 years of sunshine that were about to be extinguished. The woman had 12 years of agony that seemed hopeless to heal. Jairus was an important man, the ruler of a synagogue. The woman was a nobody. We don't even know her name. She's, she's a daughter though now, amen? Jairus was probably wealthy because he was an important man. The woman was poor because she spent all her money on doctors. Jairus came publicly. The woman came privately, secretly. Jairus thought Jesus had to do a lot to heal his daughter. The woman thought all she needed was to touch Jesus' garment. Jesus responded to the woman immediately. Jesus responded to Jairus after a delay. And then lastly, Jairus' daughter was healed secretly. The woman was healed publicly. It's interesting. I just love the parallels, and I can't take any credit for it. See, both, both Jairus and the poor woman found their answers at the feet of Jesus. Amen? See, just as Jesus made it clear that it was a woman's faith that healed her, what about, what about you today? They do, that faith led to her freedom. You know, we think about our country and the, and the faith of men and women who fought for our country and leaders, right, and helped gain our freedom. Amen? Okay, how strong is your faith? Do you have faith in Christ? Number one. Number two, how strong is that faith? Do you, do you want to be set free from the slavery of sin today? See, I read it before the service this morning. John 8, 34, Jesus responded, Truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. Now, there's only been one person they ever met who, did, who didn't think they, they, they'd never sinned, who thought they'd never sinned before. Uh, I, was, I was doing the um, campus outreach um, beach project in Daytona. And we would go every Saturday and, and witness the people on the beach. And there literally was a couple, and one of the people, one of the uh, person in the couple, I think it was a girl. So oh, I've never seen. Oh, really? You never, never, never took anything that wasn't yours. Like, never ate too many mashed potatoes. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you never. So anyway, but I didn't say mashed potatoes. That would have been weird, by the way. But I was kind of my mind. I don't know. I'm hungry. I reckon. Right. But in all seriousness, um, we've all. That's every, that's all of us, right? Everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. But now let's go to Romans chapter 6 and stay with me for a moment. I want to close with this, and this is it. I promise this time. It said, Therefore we were buried with him by baptism unto death, this is Paul speaking, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in newness of life. 
For if we have been united with him in the likeness of his death, we will certainly also be in the likeness of his resurrection. If we've identified with him, when we've given our lives to Christ and said, I, I'm dead to previous way of life. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be rendered powerless so that we may no longer be enslaved to sin, but be free. Verse 7, since a person who has died is freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. Because we know that Christ, having been raised from the dead, will not die again. Listen, death no longer rules over him. Amen? For the death he died, he died to sin once for all time. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you too consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. So if you made that decision today, I just have one more thing to think about. Remember when Jesus was with the little girl, he takes her hand, and what did he say to her? Little girl, I say to you, get up. I want to kind of end with that because she did. She, she obeyed. Even a person who was dead obeyed. What about us? Is, is Jesus maybe saying to you this morning, get up. Get up. You, you have freedom. Your faith has made you free right? in me. Get up and go tell somebody today. Amen? All right, so I ask Sally to come up and miss uh, Mr. Lord.